There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning to the podcast. This is our Tuesday version of the podcast. We're certainly thankful for each of you that listen. We would like to send some greetings to some friends of ours. I know that have been listening. They contacted us and told us they were listening overseas and how we rejoice in that. And we appreciate all those that listen. We have many listeners time to time that come from other foreign countries. We have some folks that pretty consistently listen from Canada and other states around the country. We rejoice in that. We thank you, welcome you. And I hope that it's a blessing. I hope that it's a help. One of the things that I want to address uh, today on the podcast, before I get into these chapters 130 and 131, is the idea that not every podcast is going to deal with Messianic Psalms. We call it the Messianic Psalms because we're looking for Jesus Christ. And I have people all the time ask me, how do you find Jesus Christ in the Psalms? Well, one, you have to believe the words of God. You must believe what's written. Secondly, you have to eliminate And the way to eliminate is, can this be David? Can this be the psalmist? Can this be Jesus Christ? And there are places, it's speaking of a nation, there's places speaking of a woman, there's places speaking of a king uh, in his kingdom. And so it cannot be Jesus Christ, but there's also places it cannot be David, it cannot be the psalmist, it cannot be uh, someone else. And, And so we see that when they speak by the Spirit of Christ in that first person, when the psalmist is speaking, He is speaking as Jesus Christ by the Spirit of Christ, and he's speaking concerning the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the things which are to come. Oftentimes, the psalmist will be speaking of that kingdom which is to come, and that's one of the great challenges for me has been to find not only Jesus Christ in the psalms, but then where is he speaking? Is he in the garden? Is he in Pilate's hall? Is he that night of rest before he uh, goes to Golgotha? Is he in the place of the skull? Is he on the cross? Is he in the tomb? Is his soul in hell? Is his body in the grave? Has he been resurrected? Is he crying for the resurrection, longing for the resurrection, or is he speaking from his kingdom? And there's so many places that we must look at that. And so when you're looking at these words of this King James Bible and how blessed it is to see these words, how wonderful it is to see these words, we must look for the words that are applicable to the time of Jesus Christ and then find out when is he speaking. It's not always easy to do. Please don't misunderstand me. But it's important to understand, if you can identify when he's speaking, then you'll know for sure it's Jesus Christ. And for instance, thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither thou self unholy one to see corruption. One of the more obvious places, because Peter identifies us for that. And of course, in Acts chapter 2, I believe every person new to the Psalms needs to read Psalm 16, Psalm 6, Psalm 8, Psalm 18, Psalm 22, familiarize themselves with the Psalms, Psalm 45, Psalm 48, 
And then they need to go to Acts chapter 2 and look at what Peter writes, look at the words that Peter writes, and then go back and look at those scriptures in light of what Peter writes. We know David, that prophet of God, his, he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. So therefore, we know that cannot be David, because David is dead and his sepulcher is with us. David has not spoken beyond the grave, but by the word of God, I understand that. But he's not prophesied after he died. And so we see that according to Scripture. So a lot of times it's just eliminating. Who is it? Who isn't it? When are they speaking? Why are they speaking? And to be honest, there's many times that I'll look at something and think it could be messianic, but I don't want to identify it as messianic. I will leave that up to the hearer sometimes to look at that and determine in their mind or in their thinking, is this Jesus Christ? And I go back to a time last year when a man told me, he said, I was never taught to look for Jesus Christ in the Psalms. And so many people were not taught to look for Jesus Christ in Scripture. They do not know prophecy. What they know for prophecy, and I'm not trying to be critical about this, but what they know for prophecy is the book of Revelation, that war with the dragon and, and the woman in heaven. And so we, we know that this is prophecy. We know that that's modern day prophecy, but yet prophecy concerning Jesus Christ all through the Old Testament. And we must find those places. I believe that most people are not looking for it. That's why I began to do this podcast. That's why I believe the Lord impressed upon my heart to look at the Messianic Psalms because so many are just unfamiliar. I was in a meeting last year. It's been, I guess, probably seven months ago now. And a group of preachers there, a whole group of people there. And I was going through some basic, if you will, New Testament prophecies. And one of them I asked, I said, now, how many of you knew that was in there? And not one person raised their hand. And preachers looked uncomfortable and awkward and kind of confused. But I, I then finally fessed up and told them, I said, well, I only saw that about two weeks ago. I had never seen that prophecy fulfilled. And it's one of the Asaph prophecies. And so I just kind of let them off the hook by just saying, well, I myself just learned that. But yet I believe there's just many people not looking for Jesus Christ. So in Psalm 30, excuse me, Psalm 130, it's a song of degrees. He said, out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Now, when was David in the depths? Now, we know the Lord was in the depths. When was David in the depths? When was the psalmist in the depths? And then he says, Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Now, we see a couple of key words here that we've used many, many times to identify Messianic Psalms. The depths is one. The deep, of course, speaks of the deep. Uh, when he cries, the cry of Jesus Christ, let thine ears be attentive. When he talks about the ear of God, that God would incline his ear or tune his ear, attend his ear. He said, and the voice of my supplications, that word supplications, we talked about that in Psalm 119 extensively. But the supplications of Jesus Christ, who with strong crying and tears, that was in the days of his priesthood, and he cried unto God, and God heard him. So, again, we see so many of those key words there, and that's what I've told many people, is look at the words. Look up those words. Cross-reference those words. You'll find verses that companion these when it talks about the deep and talks about the supplications. And so, again, is it Jesus Christ? He said, thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? So he's asked the Lord to hear his supplications. Then he kind of goes off on a different direction. But he says, if thou shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. So now are these verses messianic? I believe the first two are. I believe Jesus Christ gets the attention of the Lord by crying unto him. His supplication is made known out of the depths he cried. But then he goes on to verse 3 and 4, and yet you don't see Jesus Christ there. Has he changed? Has he uh, you know, can I mark scripture that identify with these two verses? 
There is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. There is forgiveness with the Lord that Jesus Christ was a man who knew no sin. He was God in flesh. So again, trying to identify, trying to discern, can we mark this as messianic? I don't see where verse three and four are. So what I do see is verse one and two, I believe are. I believe it's speaking of Jesus Christ. Verse three and four are not. Now, why did God do that? Because God could do what he wants to do. And it brings glory unto his son. It brings glory and honor unto his name. So as they sang this psalm or this song of degrees, and they would sing this song in the temple or on the Sabbath or in a holy day, they would sing this psalm. They're prophesying of Jesus Christ. Then there's more really just practical living, if you will, knowing that there's forgiveness with the Lord. Forgiveness might be found with him. I will wait for the Lord. And then in verse 5, my soul doth wait. And in his word, do I hope? So now again, we go back to verse five and all of a sudden we see the psalmist talking about my soul. We see him talking about hope. We see some of those keywords we've looked at again. Can we rightfully identify that? Is his soul waiting on the Lord? Why is his soul waiting on the Lord? His word, do I hope? What word is that? It's the word of the, the Lord, the word that he spake. I would not leave my soul in hell. Neither would I suffer that holy one to see corruption. When the horrors, he said the horrors had overthrown him, overwhelmed him, the awfulness, and yet we see it go back. So is the whole thing messianic? That's something for us to figure out. It's something for us to look at because then in verse 6, my soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. So he emphasizes that. Why? Because weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. And so he said his soul waited for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning, those in weeping, those in tears, even more than those that are looking for the morning, that that day star arise in our hearts, more than those looking for the dawning of that day, even more so his soul is waiting for the Lord. It waiteth, present tense, future tense, for the Lord. So we go back to messianic. So is the whole thing messianic? I would say it has to be. I don't fully understand verse 3 and 4 in light of that, but I believe it's Jesus Christ speaking. I believe he is the one that's talking about forgiveness of sins. I believe it's he that's speaking of the word of God. Because then in verse 7, let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. So again, he talks about Israel, changes gears, changes subjects. Four distinct times in eight verses we see the scripture change. For to stay, so if you read this as a whole, or you're singing a song, and you say, well, what kind of difference is that? Well, I'll give you an example. You know, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part, but the whole has been nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Next verse. What does he say in the next verse? Lord, haste the day. I mean, it's a night and day difference, is it not? Are not many of the songs we sing that way? They just each verse. This is a song of degrees, eight verses. Kind of like Psalm 119, division of eight. Two stanzas in each verse to be sung, each one distinctly different. And so really there's, there's four parts to this song. There's four two-verse parts, each one separate from the other. Each one distinct statements. I believe two and two that's one and two, five and six, distinctly messianic. But then if we go to seven and eight, I don't see how that could be messianic. I don't see Jesus Christ prophesying. I don't see him speaking of his suffering. I don't see him now using the law and the prophets to reveal himself to man. 
He's distinctly speaking of Israel, but it's just an interesting take on the psalm. Interesting to me, maybe not to you. You might be bored out of your mind. You might have already shut off the podcast. If you did, you won't know it. You won't even know I'm saying this. Uh, but yet, at the same time, it's an interesting way of dividing this psalm because the Lord has given us his word, and the Lord knows how to give the word, and the Lord doeth all things well. These for our edification. These are for our strength. Imagine singing this psalm. And speaking out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let mine ear be attended to the voice of my supplications. Then he goes on in verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and I word do I hope. Now you're in Israel, you're in the synagogue, or you're on that holy day, a day of a feast, and you're singing this song. Let Israel hope in the Lord. Oh, as Jesus Christ hoped in the resurrection, so also Israel might have hope. Why? They're going to be taken in captivity. They're like them that dream. Their mouth is filled with laughter. Their tongue with singing. And so verse 80, he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. What a hope that is. That's redemption. That's looking to the future. That's looking to a day when Jesus Christ is going to remove all the iniquities from Israel. And that's a day to look forward. That is prophetic. It's speaking of a time to come. What a joy this song would be. So I think it's just the practicality of this song. I believe as Israel would sing this psalm, we see several passages that absolutely are prophetic. They're absolutely speaking not only of Jesus Christ, but a day which is to come. It's just interesting. There's four distinct verses to this song. And how many of our great hymns of the faith have four distinct verses written? Psalm 131, a song or degrees of David. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great manners or in things too high for me. A tremendous verse, tremendous verse for young people to memorize. Why, his heart's not haughty, nor eyes lofty, two things God despises. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Surely I have be behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother, my soul as even as a weaned child. So he's talking about maturing. He's talking about settling. He's talking about coming of age. He's talking about spiritually growing, spiritually maturing, spiritually coming of age. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. So again, as he finishes up this psalm, it ties in with Psalm 130. You can sing these songs together. Lord, my heart is not haughty. I mean, what a prior, what a cry. Nor mine eyes lofty. Why? Because their eyelids are lifted up today. He says, neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. And then he closes out with, let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. It's a song of degrees. It's a song of David. It's a song for our edification. With the Lord's help tomorrow, like to look at Psalm 132, possibly 133. Pray for the podcast. Pray the Lord will help us, strengthen us, give us wisdom in these chapters to come. Have a great day. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, 
which is Manassa Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.